the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, all right. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. This is a book that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. <clears throat> Familiar scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Amen. You are released. Well, we could stop there, couldn't we? That would fix all the ills of the world if we had the same attitude that Christ had. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality as something with, with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, what's that therefore? Because, because of his humble attitude, because of his willing to sacrifice everything for us. To become a human being was a pretty big deal. When you're God, you're spirit, and you, you live in heaven, to come down here and take on this flesh and this gravity and all the things that we endure as human beings, that's a pretty big deal, and he did it for us. And not only did he do that, he died in our place. So therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Say this with me. Say the name above all other names. Don't say it like me. Like above all other names. That at the name of Jesus. Yeah, you're following along good there. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Man, really, when we speak that name, we ought to just slip off of those purple chairs and I ought to just <laughs> fall to my knees and bow that that name has been spoken. That every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Today's message is entitled, an all-access name. If you, have a, if you didn't get one of those uh, Sunday bulletins, just raise your hand that we can pass you one. But they have a little section on there where you, you got a couple people didn't get one maybe. You got one down here, didn't get one. Uh, you can follow along, maybe help you stay awake while I'm preaching, you know. That and Starbucks are my best friends. <laughs> Before I can, I don't go to Starbucks, but I'm glad you do. I'm glad you're awake during my messages. <laughs> Up here, Brother Van. Thank you, Van. Before I came to know Jesus, you know, a good portion of my life was spent trying to see my name up in lights. 
Did you, any of you go through that phase in your life? You wanted it to be, you wanted everybody to see your name. Some of you are kind of, you know, maybe behind the scenes kind of people, but a lot of us, man, I want my name up in lights. You know, the musical groups that I played in, some of you maybe remember me from those days. I was in a country band called Long Gone, and I was in a blues band. I can't even remember the name of some of them. But we would spend a lot of time thinking of names for the groups. Why? Because we thought our name was going to be up in lights one day, and it was going to mean something to somebody. Well, <laughs> we should have just called ourselves live music. Because everywhere we played, that was what was on the marquee, live music. And it was usually down below, you know, a cakewalk or something. <laughs> it got to the point where I, I suggested to the group, why don't we call ourselves free beer? And they could put that on the marquee and draw a big crowd, you know. <clears throat> Be about the only way. But I, we wanted our name in lights, but... There was a time when that Long Gone Band was doing pretty good. You know, we were opening up for some big-name acts, and we was opening up for one in particular at the New Daisy Theater in Memphis, and we thought we had arrived, you know, and we got there, and we got our, got, got our, brought all our stuff in. It was time for our sound check, but the, the main act was still sound checking, and he told us to get out the building. <laughs> they put us out the back door, and we're out there with our guitars, like, looking around, and people are already in line to get in the building to see the concert. Now, what would have happened if one of our fans you know, one of the two, would have went, went into the building and said, I'm with the band long gone. They'd have said, who? <laughs> it wouldn't have meant nothing. You mean that band that's out, oh, you mean the band that's out in the alleyway out in the back. That's about the kind of respect our name got. But you know, we, we uh, started a, a rock band called Diesel Jane. Some of you may hopefully not remember that. <laughs> and and uh, we played at all the nightclubs up and down 51. And then, then one year, I got saved. Then in the same year, the whole group got saved. And then you might recognize most of them as being <laughs> members of our praise team today. That was about 18 or 19 years ago. And immediately we changed our name from Diesel Jane to Soul Food. And we started a nonprofit ministry, and we've been ministering all over, you know, Sadly, we get probably less respect now. Our name means less now than it did back when we were playing in the nightclubs. But we're perfectly fine with that. In fact, we went to uh, play downtown Memphis not long ago to, at a homeless thing, you know, where a lot of homeless people were. And uh, we pulled up with our trailer, and it had soul food emblazoned on the trailer. And kind of got them all excited, and they were hungry, you know. In fact... When we told them we were just there to play music, when we turned our back, one of them got a big boulder and just went down the side of our Suburban and scratched it all the way down. Isn't it still there today? Next time you see that green Suburban, like it was out there yesterday before we went to Youth Villages, you can see that scratch for yourself. But you know what? It didn't matter to us because uh, that's exactly what we're bringing. We're bringing food for the soul now. And it's not about our name being up in lights. It's about Jesus' name being high and lifted up. We found ourselves in him. We found where the true glory belongs. Does that make sense? All right, there's power in that name. Now, I'm going to go through some scriptures. You might just want to jot these down because I'm going to go through them quick. I'm used to teaching to the youth and the children. You've got to like four minutes of attention span, and you've got to hit them hard. You've got to hit them quick. John 20, verse 31 says, these scriptures are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, 
He's the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life. How? How do you have life? By the power of His name. You see, there's power in the, no other name than Jesus. Well, there's a little earthly power in some people's title or, or name, but the true power, the only power that can bring life is in what name? Jesus. Come on, help me. What name is it? What, what name is it? <laughs> Acts 4.12 says there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. 1 Corinthians 6 says some of you were once like that. It just listed off a, a list of sins. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. How? By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In John 14, 12, Jesus tells us, I tell you the truth, anyone that believes in me will do the same works that I have done. Well, that's pretty amazing. He raised the dead. He calmed the seas. He fed the 5,000. He gave sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and speech to the dumb. And I'm the witness of that. <laughs> no. But he says, even greater works. You shall do these works and even greater works because I go to be with the Father. He says, you can ask anything in my name. <laughs> wow. And I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. See, there's prayers answered in the name of Jesus. That's why we put Jesus' name on the end of our prayers, isn't it? Acts 4.30 says, Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name. Through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they preached the Word of God with boldness in the name of Jesus. John 16, 26, Jesus says, Then you will ask in my name. And I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. In other words, you have all access. Jesus is an all-access name. You can go straight to the Father, the God of all creations, himself, in the name. He said, I'm not even going to say it for you. You don't have to come through me. You go straight to the Father. You use my name. He'll listen. It's all access. Say all access. In Luke 10, 17, it said, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. They said, Lord, even the, the demons obey us when we use your name. See, the demons fear and tremble at the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18, 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I like that grammar, and is safe. Is you safe? <laughs> He's a strong tower, man. I don't know about you, but when it's something about when I say the name of Jesus, man, it just makes me feel safe. When, if I'm in a dark place, boy, I'm a Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> you know, if somebody's sneaking up, I'm Jesus, Jesus, you got them. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm using the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's the strong tower. And then Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, whatever you do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So that pretty much catches everything. Everything that we are to do is because of our love for Him, our respect for Him, because we are reflections of that name. 
because we have the authority to use that name. Bless you. You finally screamed out for me. <clears throat> so I'm going to go back and, and re, uh, just touch on some of the things that we have in the name of Jesus out of these scriptures. It says we have life in the power of his name. We have salvation. We were cleansed, made holy, made right by calling on the name. We can do greater works than Jesus. Our prayers are answered. We can do miraculous signs and wonders through the name of the Holy Servant Jesus. We can preach with boldness. We can ask in his name. We can come directly to God. The demons obey us. He's a strong tower, keeps us safe. That name, we can do all in the name of Jesus. Now, we talk about a lot of stuff here. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. We talk about the, the inerrancy of the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. My goodness, it's a name above all names. We need to know about the name of Jesus. We don't just need to speak that name flippantly. Now, how many of you remember Super Bowl 34? I didn't think so. I, I don't even remember who played last year. It's just a football game. But for some reason, Super Bowl 34 sticks out to me, and I'll tell you why. It was my Titans. You remember the Titans made it to the Super Bowl finally. I'm a, I'm a hometown boy. I like to pull for the hometown team, and I lived in Memphis at the time, I think. And so I was pulling for the Titans. And, of course, they're in Nashville, but it's Tennessee. And, and uh, they were playing some team. I, I don't even know what the Rams. It was, were they St. Louis at the time? Because the Rams have been several places, but they were St. Louis Rams. And I was pulling for the Titans. And, I, I mean, it was a big deal to me at the time. I was freshly born again and all. But to this day, what do I remember? I remember mostly about the Rams. Well, that's odd. Who are these Rams? Well, I remember Kurt Warner. Anybody remember Kurt Warner? He, he, he was the quarterback for the Rams. I think he just retired like 2009 or so. But he's an interesting story. We found out that week, you know, the media week leading up to the Super Bowl, that he had been undrafted out of college. In other words, he was not really remarkable enough for any pro team to want him. So he, he tried out for the Green Bay Packers, and he made the Packers, but because the Packers had a couple of already starting caliber quarterbacks, he got cut before the season started. So what does Kurt Warner do? Well, you don't work, you don't eat. He went and got a job at the grocery store, making $5.50 an hour bagging groceries. I don't know if he got saved after that or he was already saved. I, I, I don't know exactly his whole testimony, but I know he was saved. And he didn't give up on his dream. He went and uh, got in arena football, you know, the smaller league, and, and started to play arena football. And he did so well at arena football that next year the St. Louis Rams called him up and said, hey, we could, you know, sign you to a small deal or whatever, better than five fifty an hour. Sign you to a small deal to be a backup quarterback. We've got a starter, but just in case, you know, he falls out or something, we need somebody. So he calls to the Rams, and guess what happens in about the second or third game of the season? Starting quarterback gets hurt, out for the season. Well, I'm sure they're scrambling trying to get a real starting quarterback, but in the meantime, they put this Kurt Warner in. Well, he begins to win. In fact, he does so good, he leads them to the Super Bowl. Miraculous story. This guy's working at a grocery store as a bagger earlier in the year, you see. Well, anyway, by the time it was finished, 
his rams beat my titans. I was so sad about that at the time. But they won the Super Bowl, and he was named the Super Bowl MVP. And somebody in the stands could have probably said, that guy bagged my groceries this year. I think next year his contract was going to be a little bit more lucrative than $5.50 an hour. But anyway, there was another guy on the Rams that I remember. His name was Isaac Bruce. He was a wide receiver, tremendously talented wide receiver, and he played for Memphis State. So he was a hometown boy. That automatically grabbed my heart, you know. Isaac Bruce was the guy that caught the 72-yard touchdown from Kurt Warner that ended up being the winning touchdown in the game. And uh, he ended up being a a four-time Pro Bowl player himself. So you got a Super Bowl MVP and a four-time Pro Bowl. That really doesn't matter to anybody. Why why do I remember? I wouldn't remember them because of that. I remember them because of that week before the Super Bowl when the media was sticking those microphones in front of their face. And I was a fresh, born-again Christian. And I was so excited to see somebody start out with the name of Jesus. Somebody who was not ashamed of the name of Jesus and gave God the glory. They would ask him questions and he would say, first, let me tell thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not thanks to God, but thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I was so excited about that. They were both unashamedly outspoken for the name of Jesus. In fact, the reason I mention Isaac Bruce is because he told a story on Media Day and they they ridiculed him. They just tried to lampoon him, just make him feel stupid because he told a story that he had had a wreck and his car had flipped twice and all the windows broke out and he wasn't even wearing a seatbelt. But he said, when I began to flip, I yelled out the name of Jesus because my mama always told me, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And he said, I, and this is his exact quote, he said uh, to the media, he said, because of my belief and my faith in God, I yelled out the name of Jesus. There's no other name can be yelled out and that you can be saved. The name is a weapon to protect you. He said that on the national media. Oh, they got all over him. Well, why come Stuart Payne, who recently died, how come he didn't call out the name of Jesus? How come, you know, and they tried to make him seem silly. But it does say, hey, how can you deny it? It says it's in Romans 10, 13. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, we typically look at that as spiritual salvation. But who's to say? What happens on the inside doesn't happen on the outside. So that's why I remember Super Bowl 34. And I'll tell you more about that before we quit. But it just goes to show that you can usually say the name God. You can end your prayers, thank you God, or however you want to. You can say God all you want. But when you say Jesus, you just stir up the pot. When you say Jesus, you're not just going to say Jesus without some kind of resistance coming. Maybe even in this church. Some people want to hear about God, but they don't want to hear the name Jesus because the name Jesus requires a decision. And it's often a decision people don't want to make. You either seem to love the name or not so much. It brings out the best or worst in people. You know, because when you, name, when you say Jesus, you know what he stood for. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. He didn't make it ambiguous. You can't say, well, 
you, you can't duck and hide and say, I just kind of throw it up there to God. No, you know what Jesus said, and if he is who he says he is, then you're held accountable to him as God. It's hot in here. Woo. Matthew 21, 44 says, Whoever shall fall upon this stone shall be broken. But whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Listen, the name of Jesus is like a hinge between heaven and hell, life and death. The stone that it's talking about falling upon here is, is Jesus. He is the rock of our salvation. He should be the foundation on which we stand. If you will fall upon that rock, then you will be broken to self. You'll be broken to your way of doing things. You'll be broken to this sinful lifestyle that you live. And that's a good thing. God can use you once you're broken to self. He can fill you with his spirit and give you a new direction. But if you will not fall down on that rock and you, you will not make it your cornerstone, you will not make him the, the, the standard in which you live and the, the rock on which you stand, the foundation on which you build your life, guess what? It's going to fall on you in the end and crush you to pieces. So people run from that name. People who love darkness rather than light. People who would rather sin than do what's right and pretend that there is no God. So the name of Jesus evokes fear into the sinner. Does that make sense? I'm just telling you the truth. Don't, don't shout me down. In Acts 3, we see a story of uh, John and Peter. And uh, this is after Jesus has uh, been crucified and resurrected and, and the day of Pentecost and Jesus has, uh, went on to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. And now John and Peter are going to the temple in Jerusalem to pray as was their custom every day. And they, they went through the gate beautiful and there's this beggar who was sitting every day they'd carry this guy in because he couldn't walk. He was lame since birth. You know, he'd never been able to walk. His legs probably shriveled up and such, and he's laying there, and he's just doing the only thing that he can to, to, to make a living, and he's asking alms. And so when people come in, he would look at them, you know, and, and ask alms of them. That's the way he made his living. Well, John and Peter, they walk up, and, uh, and he asked alms of them. And in verse 6, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. Now, how many knows if you take up a lame man by the right hand, you better have some faith in the name of Jesus? Because that could turn out bad. That's like walking up into a funeral home and trying to raise the dead and opening a casket and it not working. That's faith. But as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up and he stood on his feet and he began to walk. And then he began to leap and praise God. And he went in the temple with him. And all the people in the temple was like, that's, that's dude. Is that, that, that couldn't be dude. He, he ain't never walked before. Who, what happened? And they started gathering around. Everybody's pointing at him and stuff, I guess. You know, you can imagine the crowd is amazed at this miracle. And Peter, being, you know, a preacher, he sees a crowd. He said, give me a mic. Give me a mic. Who's got a mic, you know? Let's, let's do some preaching while we got everybody gathered up. 
And so he begins to preach. And, and then the first thing he says is, why are y'all looking at us like we did it? <laughs> we didn't do it. Isn't it. It's not by our own goodness or power or strength. And he says this in verse 16. He says, through faith in the name of Jesus. Not of their own strength or goodness. Through faith in the name of Jesus. I got you on a cliff there, didn't I? Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So something else has entered the equation. There is power in the name of Jesus to do the works that Jesus did in greater works. There is power to call upon that name and be saved and safe and all that stuff that we talked about. But now we see there must be faith in the name of Jesus. I wouldn't want to pick that guy up if I didn't have faith in the name of Jesus. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? <laughs> so could it take more than just slapping Jesus' name on the end of a prayer to see your prayers answered? I mean, because sometimes it seems like we do that so flippantly. We don't think, we don't build up ourselves and, and think, what does God want to do? We just pray something out and throw Jesus' name on it just like it's, it's signed and done. Maybe we aren't given all access just by knowing the name. Because the devils know the name. Everybody knows the name. But it's by knowing the person behind the name. Am I preaching real good? It's by knowing him. You know, faith comes from knowing somebody and trusting them. You've walked with them. You, they've proven themselves to you. You start out small. Maybe you don't raise the dead the first miracle you do <laughs> or, or the first time you use his name. Maybe you just begin to trust him and you develop faith in his name. You know the power's there. How many of you can go to the White House and say, silver and gold have I none? But in the name of Donald J. Trump, take me to the Oval Office and let me sit in his chair. Huh? After you get back up after the Secret Service tackles you, tell me how that went for you. If you're no relation to President Trump, or you have no relationship with President Trump, see what kind of access that name will get you. No access at all. <laughs> so do you know Jesus or have you just heard about him? Is it a personal name to you? Because that name, when I, when I say that name, that's what I said when I came in here. There might be people in here today who uh, he's going to talk about Jesus. But to some of you, it's like, Man, you can say that name all day. It just soothes and gives me comfort, peace. Man, whew. Because we're really supposed to know Jesus. And, and we can have a relationship with him. That's what he wants. That's what you, what you were created to be, is in relationship with him. To know him and the power of his resurrection. Even the fellowship of his sufferings. He wants you to know him 
in an intimate way. And he's made it so that you can be family relation to him. So you, there's no excuse for us not to know him and to be able to call upon his name out of a heart of faith. You know, in Acts 19, we see the story of the seven sons of Sceva. You may remember this story. These are brothers, I guess. They're sons, and they're, they all got the same dad named Sceva. <laughs> and it's them and one other guy, the teacher of religious law. And what I thought was funny is, you know, the teachers of religious law, they're the ones that really wanted Jesus crucified bad. You know, they were anti-Jesus the whole way. And here they are sometime later wanting to call on the name of Jesus. So th- something must have happened. <laughs> they must have witnessed the resurrection. They must have witnessed John and, and Peter doing these miracles. They must have been around and saw that, hey, man, there's something to this name. Because they went around, they started a business. <laughs> it looks like to me, you know, the seven sons of Sceva Incorporated. You know, exorcisms are us or whatever. I don't know. Because they go around preaching, uh, casting demons out in the name of Jesus, probably for money. Now you say, well, how can, they don't know, if they don't know Jesus, how are they going to use his name? You said they can't use his name. Well, they probably, they knew his name, and the devils knew his name, and so when he was casting out devils, the devils are so stupid, they're probably like, oh, he's using the name of Jesus, I'm gone, you know, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and, he, and, and the de- demons are gone, but then one day, they met up with a demon that probably had been around a block of time or two, and they say, and the, and the seven sons of Sceva says, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. <laughs> and the demon looks at him and says, okay, now Jesus I know. And Paul, <laughs> that's one bad dude. He knows Jesus. But who are you? And it says that he jumped on them seven brothers and that other... And he whooped them till they ran out the house battered and naked. He took their clothes off of them and whooped them so bad. They were using the name of Jesus without knowing Jesus. Now, it may have worked on some of the dumber demons, but it didn't work on this one. And today, you often see people, especially good old boys in the South, like most of us, They say things like, well, the good Lord brought us a nice day of Sunday. It's the good good Lord been good to me. The good Lord this, the good Lord. But you hardly ever hear him say, my Lord. He's the good Lord, like he's a far off Lord for somebody else. Maybe some of you say that and you don't mean it like that. but But you realize that when you said that prayer, that God was looking at your heart, and you just don't say that and, and confess him as your Lord and not mean it and have a free ticket to heaven or whatever. Either he's Lord or he, he's either your Lord or he's not going to be good Lord in the end. He is a good Lord, but you have rejected the good Lord. The definition of Lord says a ruler by hereditary right. Hereditary, I mean... He's the son of God. I guess he qualifies. A ruler by hereditary right or preeminence. That means you came before. Well, he's the alpha and omega. I guess he qualifies. A ruler by hereditary right or preeminence to whom service 
and obedience are due. Did you know what you were saying when you called him Lord, Lord? Because in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus discusses this fact, that many call him Lord, Lord. Verse 21, he says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. But wait a minute, Pastor, hold on now. You pastors, y'all preached it. It's not by works. You're saved through faith. (laughs) Exactly. But faith without works is dead. If you have a true faith, there will be works. There will be a heart. If there was a heart change, there is a heart change to do right. You don't just say that prayer and walk away and then continue to live in a sinful lifestyle and say, I'm going to heaven. Not everyone who calls Lord, Lord will enter. On verse 22, it says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. They were using his name to do things. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Is, is Jesus being unfair? I mean, did he not die on the cross for us? Did he not spread his arms open wide and give his life for us to show how much he loves us? Has he not chased you down? Has he not dealt with you time and time again and, and forgiven you and, and loved you despite yourself? And has he not shown you the right way? Has he not called you equipped you, given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness? Is it unfair for him to say in the end, I just wanted to know you, but you wouldn't. You just called me the good Lord from a distance. I was really not really your personal Lord. You gave me respectful respect from a distance, but I wanted your heart. And I gave you every opportunity for you to give me your heart. So do you truly know Jesus? You have to ask yourself that because there's two kinds of people that may be in this room today. One is saying, man, there ain't no question. If I died right now, I know exactly where I'd be. I am not afraid of death. In fact, I am ready for the promotion because I know where I'm going. I know in whom I have believed. But there's others here today that say, well, I'm a pretty good person. Or, you know, the good Lord, he's been good to me. Or, you know, but there's not a knowing. First John 5, 13, I believe it is, says that you may know that you have eternal life. There shouldn't be any question in your heart. You are either in relationship with Jesus or you're not. Is the name Jesus truly your lifeline? You're either saved by grace through faith in the name of Jesus or you're not saved. I'm sorry to hit you with a heavy message today, but it's the truth. It's because I love you too much to lie to you or to let you go on in, in error. So ask yourself, is Jesus an all access name for me? Do I have the right to call upon that name? Do I have the faith to do it? Because listen, when you get to heaven or you get to the gates of heaven, it won't be your name on the marquee along with Jesus. 
It'll just be Jesus. Can we show a short video? Real quick, if you don't mind. This kind of explains it for you. This is for you. I think you'll find that everything in my life resume speaks for itself, but uh, you know, take your time. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I believe my numerous good deeds would sway a positive outcome for me. Thank you. I was choir director and these solos for my church for over 27 years. And honey, we lifted up the name of Jesus in that house every single week. Woo! Hey, hey, at least we're here together. I think that means something tragic happened. Oh. You know, people come up to me and they ask me all the time, Pastor, what do you want to be remembered for? And I say, brother, I want to be known as a man who faithfully administered the Word of God. Amen. Yeah, I do think a theme you'll probably see in all that is mission trips. I mean, you know the drill. We go, we serve, we love on a bunch of folks and try to bring peeps to the kingdom. I've led a woman's Bible study, I raised four somewhat godly children, and I remained faithful to my husband for 30 years, which is... I mean, have you met my husband? I guess the main thing is, is that I'm a... I'm a modern-day worship leader. That's me dropping the mic. Oh, and I had over 20,000 people listen and be blessed by my album, Destiny. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I guess our biggest qualification to entering uh, would be our puppetry, which is our puppet ministry that we've been doing for about 30 years. 10 years. 10 years? He's the voice guy, and I focus on the creation of the puppets themselves. And what she does is just as important as what he does. <laughs> Not by a long shot. <laughs> His puppets like to argue. They tease each other. Brother Peter, I humbly submit to you that our church attendance was on the rise, lives were being rededicated, and souls were being won. It's all right there on the resume in front of you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In conclusion, I think you have every detail of what I've done, whose lives I've changed, and how my good works have made a huge impact for Jesus. So, to be clear, you want me to use this? Yes, I do. That's my resume. <laughs> it should all be there, unless I'm forgetting something, which I definitely am. yours? I have it right here. But ultimately, I just want to say that I'm with him. Can I get an amen on that? 
Aren't you glad it ain't about your resume? If you'd be honest with yourself, <laughs> my goodness, how, what kind of ego does it take to think that we're going to stand before a holy God on the basis of our resume? Thank goodness for Jesus. He is your salvation. Super Bowl 34. Does anybody remember who the quarterback was for the Tennessee Titans? Steve McNair. I love Steve McNair. He was one of those gritty quarterbacks, man. He'd be hurt and dragging around a leg, and he'd still win the game, you know. Awesome athlete. And guess what? He played at Alcorn State in Mississippi, so he was a Mississippi boy. So I was really pulling for him, you know. A wonderfully likable guy. And he confessed to know Jesus. But on the last play of Super Bowl 34, he drops back, and he has driven them down the field with a chance to win, with one, one, not time enough for one more last play. And they're about 20 yards out. And you may remember the play. Man, it broke my heart. Every, I still, when I watch it. But he drove back, and he, and he hit, I think it was Dyson was his receiver or something, and he caught it. And it looked like all he had to go was about from me to Angie to the, to the uh, end zone to win the game. And he looked like he had clear going, but some ram caught him by the legs, and he twisted him. And he, in the last dying effort, he reached and came up about that short. And the game was over. <sighs> but it, it was over. He might as well have missed it by a mile. If you miss it by this much, you might as well missed it by a mile. Kurt Warner... This year, this month, in February 2017, he was just inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Pretty neat, isn't it? Good timing. Thanks for helping me with my message. Isaac Bruce was nominated, too, to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. There's only like 400 guys in it. He didn't quite get inducted. They got a vote on it. They give him a couple years to get. They think he'll get in next year. Steve McNair, he was killed in 2009 by his girlfriend while he was cheating on his wife. Steve professed to be a Christian, too. I pray, I pray, really, I'm not saying anything bad about Steve. I hope he's in heaven. With all my heart, I hope he's in heaven. But he, that's not the way to go out. Coming up just a little bit short of it. See, we have a race to one. And we want to finish this course. We want to receive a prize. We don't want to come up short in the end. I don't know about what the name of Jesus means to you. But it just pulls at my heartstrings. It's such a comfort to me. It gives me such confidence. It's a name... That gets me through my roughest times. When, when I, can, I can think of no other name to say. Nothing else that can soothe the, the turmoil going on inside of me. I just call on Jesus. Jesus. I wrote a song called Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Probably the best song I've ever written. Because <laughs> it's so simple. Something about that name inspires me to get up in the morning and do it all over again. Because everything I do, I want to be to the glory of God. Am I perfect? Do I miss it? No, that's when I need his name the most because I miss it a lot. But he forgives me. I know his character. I know his, his heart for me. He is the one that has 
bears with me through all my stuff. He has loved me despite myself. He inspires me, encourages me to reach for greatness when I know there's none in me by myself. He gives me hope. And He is the fire igniting that passionate pursuit of true purpose in my life. And that's why this church wants to, to be here in His name to help you see the goodness of Jesus. We want to be able to use that name to change this world radically. We want to make the biggest impact we can. We want to win so many crowns, which are souls, which we take to heaven with us because they called on the name of Jesus and they found salvation and they found healing and they found the new covenant that was cut in his blood and they realized his love. See, we went to youth villages yesterday and ministered to a bunch of kids who have been sexually abused and, and been left without their mom and dad didn't want them left them there some of them have been I don't you know we don't even need to go into it but there's no other name that we can bring up in there what are we going to do go into soul food's name okay soul food is here you're, we're your answer really it's the name of Jesus that changes lives it's the name of Jesus it's not just the name of Jesus. It is the person of Jesus. It is knowing Jesus that makes all the difference in the world. I don't know about you, but it makes me want to get up and finish my course and run my race. I don't want to stand before him and say, oh, well, well, I did my best. He's going to say, well, I want to hear well done. I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's not hard. He's not asking you to do anything but be available to, to respond, to let him take charge, to let him take control. It's so easy. Ephesians 1.18, and we'll close. Apostle Paul is praying to the church at Ephesus. No, he's not praying to the church. He's praying, and this is written to the church at Ephesus. He says... I pray that your eyes, your understanding be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. And what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who do what? Who perform to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality power might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in the world to come. You see, everything on this earth has been given a name. Everything in heaven has been given a name, for that matter. And Jesus has been a, given a name far above. Are you suffering from depression, addiction, disease, 
You know, cancer has a name. But at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Poverty, lack. Your heart's broken. Everything that's coming against you has a name. If you will invest your life in knowing the person of Jesus Christ, and you understand the authority given to you in that name, you can begin to speak to your enemies. You can begin to speak to your enemies and see victory in your life. That you may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in your mortal body if he's Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.